I ran into my brother. He also texted me, but I ran into him at the supermarket. We had a little exchange about Colin Kaepernick. So obviously I have to talk about it a little bit. But we also have, did you see CNN and how they reacted to fact-checking something about Hillary Clinton in these emails? Oh my god. Gotta cover that too. And what about all the news stories you might have missed because you were more concerned about a guy sitting down on a bench at a football game during the National Anthem? All this and more on another FritzCast Fritz Forward Edition Week 2. How is everybody doing this week? It is Tuesday, 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 September 6th, 2016. Why was there no new FritzCast yesterday? That's that's a good question. It wasn't on a Monday. Was it on a Monday last week? I don't recall, but it was a FritzCast, Fritz Forward. I know that. That's what happens when I get put on a, on 8 to 4 on such short notice. You know, things happen, and that's one of the things that happened. No way. Shocker. Excuse me, I might be taking the occasional sips of Yingling Traditional Lager by America's oldest brewery. That's not an ad or an endorsement, but it's damn good. And, yeah, I'm drinking a beer, I don't care. It's been a good, been a, been a good past week. I had a four-day weekend. Which uh, included yesterday. That's part of the reason why I didn't record the Fritzcast. Uh, yesterday, September 5th, of course, is the anniversary of uh, my sister's birthday, my sister Meg. I've told this story before on, on the podcast, but that was episodes and episodes and episodes ago. That was back in April, um, the anniversary of her passing, March, April. March and April. Uh, so, if my sister were alive today, she, uh, yesterday would have been her 30th birthday, of course, as my family, so everybody echoed the same thing on Facebook yesterday, family-wise, uh, she's frozen at the age of 12, 1999, so when she passed away from cancer, so it's always hard on her birthday, a little bit, because I think everybody goes through this, especially if you lost a, a younger someone in the family. But I, I think everybody does it to an extent or to a degree. For me, it's sitting here wondering, like, wow. It happened to me. It, it happened in phases. I was nine years old when she passed away. So when I turned 12, I was like, I'm already as old as my sister got. Very weird feeling to have about yourself. Very, very weird. Next happened, uh, you know, through, you know, all the preteen, you know, all the preteen years, puberty and everything. I'm sitting here like, holy, sh-, you know, I'm I'm ahead. I'm I'm now past where she made. Then turning 18 into an adulthood, and I was like, wow, she she never got to adulthood, and here I am. You know, same thing when I turned, same thing when I got married. Got married, and I was like, every year it happens. Every year I wonder. You know, what would she be like if she were still here today? 
what what would the circumstances be? Would she have a family? Would she have kids? The whole nine yards, and I think I think it's harder because because she was a kid. It was hard on me when it happened because I was nine years old. I was a shy, reclusive type of kid, and you know, among my friends or among my best friends, I would have labeled my sister. And she brought things out of me. She made me kind of try to be an adventurer, tried to get that cracked out of me. And it was always cool up to that point because it was, you know, she was there. She was the one pushing and trying and, and trying to do it. And then then she was gone. And that was left up to, you know, me. Did I want to do it? And was I going to get the courage and the strength to, to push myself to do it? So yesterday... I always do a great deal of reflecting on the subject at, at periodic points, and and yesterday was just one of them. Yesterday was was uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things now where it's been so many years. It's been it's been so many years since she passed away. But you know, I I don't like I don't like the saying it never gets any easier. But I don't like saying that it it's become more bearable either. It's one. It's a tricky. It's a touchy subject. It's still a touchy subject with me. And I'm very. If if you ever have the opportunity to support something for childhood cancer awareness, whether it's raising money, donating your time, donating books, clothes, toys, whatever it is, uh, you have my deep respect for doing so. And I, this is one of those times where I think about it. And I think I I have to do it more often. I don't do it often enough. And there is no real set limit on often enough. There's not. But so that's a somber note. Somber note to start off of. But my sister Meg would have been 30. Yesterday, my wife and I actually went to the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We saw the science. Is it the science behind Pixar? I want to say it's the science behind Pixar. But uh, good, good display of... uh, the, the science and technology behind making a Pixar movie. If you thought making a digital animated movie on the computer and that the, the, the movies that have become so critically acclaimed from Pixar, from Disney, from DreamWorks even, I mean, Pixar, it was specifically on Pixar, but the same principles apply to, to any 3D animated film. Very fascinating to see the behind-the-scenes stuff and how it goes from this... Goofy looking, you know, model. This goofy look looking 3D blob that's on the screen and slowly through hundreds of animators, hundreds of people play a role in this process. Through hundreds of animators, they make it go from a blob on the screen to looking like a real living thing that looks like it has a life of its own. And it's it's nuts. So if you ever have the science behind Pixar coming through your town and you get a chance to look at it it's not just something that's just for kids it's it's it can be fun for adults too and it was it's really fun to see all that behind the scenes jazz on how to bring a digital film to life and just just among some of the things think um think mike wazowski from the monsters incorporated and monsters university movie it takes 7000 digital puppet strings to make him fully animated, to make him move. It's kind of nuts when you think about it. When you think about how many like strands of 
digitally animated fur on Sully is they had a segment that was just about grass. Pixar created a program to generate random grass for their films because it's too hard to sit there and map out like 9,000, 900,000 little strands of grass for a scene. And rendering for one of these images, it's just one still frame from one of these movies. The one that they were showing was from Inside Out. It takes like 33, 34 hours to render just one still frame of the animation. That's nuts. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time and a lot of people that go into making a movie. And you don't really think of a movie like that. You don't think of it. How many hundred, you know, how many, how, how many, how many people in a room can you have working on one thing? And you have this person doing this, this person doing that. So if you get the chance, go, go see it. It's well worth the endeavor. That's what we did Monday, Saturday and Sunday. We, we really didn't do anything. It was, you know, fall back, enjoy time. And then Friday last week was water park, uh, with Jay Jay, Sean, and Luther, and oh, yeah, by the way, announcement, I have been selected. No way. I've been selected. I have this giant, maybe I'll take a picture of it and make it the podcast picture today. I have this giant, it looks like an oak barrel. It is a coffee cup, and on it, it says Groomsman Fritz. It's official, folks. It's official. It also came with a, a really fancy cigar which I intend to smoke at some point in the near future whenever I buy a cutter and a proper lighter or some matches. Also came with a little Crown Royal blended Canadian whiskey bottle, which whiskey's my drink of preference. As for cigars, I, I just, I just, uh, you know, I smoked a cigar on Friday, in fact, because Jay Sean brought these little cigar things and so I smoked a cigar and it was nice you know what it was nice okay I understand some people aren't smokers and all that I'm not really a smoker but every once in a while could I light up a cigar sure sure could wish I had a thing of whiskey when I was doing it but I was walking around uh, the beaches of Wildwood and didn't want to have to talk to the cops okay you can take your judgment and shove it but I am looking forward to trying this one it's a Monte Cristo White series, Robusto Grande. Don't make fun of my accent uh, or lack thereof. Okay. Thank you. I'm 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 in for another week of eight to four too, which is beautiful. Four to twelve is really eating at me. I think I said that before too. I hate it. I'm starting to hate it. It it's a plague on social lives. It's a plague on family lives, and it is just god awful. So there's my rant on that. That's all I'm going to go into. I mentioned my brother, Punk. Yes, Punk is like... There's a there's a somewhat uh, developing cast of characters, isn't there? There's Loy. I saw Loy today. I want to say he was a douchebag today, but I, I can't. I can't say he was a douchebag and definitely nothing to add to the legacy of Loy, the LOL of the Fritz cast. But eventually, there will be something. He will screw up. He will be a pain in the butt. And we'll talk about it. But there's, So there's Loy, and then there's my brother, Punk. So Punk sends me a text message, right? He listens to the podcast. 
let's just revel in that for a moment. He listens to the podcast. Isn't that beautiful? You are listening to the podcast, and your friends could listen to the podcast too. Last week, I talked about Colin Kaepernick having the right to sit during the national anthem, which he did. This is my brother's text message, and I'm not I'm not going to censor anything. So if you're if if you're faint of heart, you might want to uh, skip ahead a couple of seconds. I don't know. But Saturday, September third, he he texts me after he listens to the episode. Uh, Seven o'clock at night, which normally I'd be at work. I wasn't this time, so I can answer. So he said, "What, Colin? Air quotes. Eat me, loser. Quarterback has the right." What? You are losing it, dude. He wrote the letter U and the letter R because he is a 12-year-old girl texting, obviously. Uh, continuing, it is respect. It, it crazy when an African in the Olympics stops an interview, stops and interview because they are playing the American national anthem. Uh, that's, ref- that's referencing um, Usain Bolt, correct? Uh, but this silver spoon cockknob who was raised by white, quote, rich parents doesn't stand. He hasn't a clue about oppression. Now, I replied to him and I said, didn't say he isn't a cockknob, bro. <laughs> Just said he has the right to be one. His reply, no, he don't. Him and his radical Islamic bitch girl can lick my nuts. My reply... His bitch girl may like that. Who knows? He is a shack of shit, but that's the whole freedom thing. It means he can be a disrespectful little shit. Not, or he replies, not here you can't, dude. You either are American or you are the letter not. That cocksucker clearly is not. Now, not to make fun of my brother's grammar because he was probably knee deep in a six pack, uh, enjoying time off of work which is exactly what I do when I'm off of work, and it's totally cool. When I say Colin Kaepernick has the right to do it, to sit during the national anthem uh, before prior to a football game, which is, mind you, his career is being a football player. So it's, it's that, that's it. That's that's all Colin Kaepernick has is his million-dollar contracts to throw pigskin on a football field. And guess what? He's not even the starting quarterback, so he's getting paid millions to quite literally sit on that bench. That's his job. His job is to sit on that bench and do nothing. But when I say he has the right to sit during the national anthem, that's not an endorsement. It's not a ringing endorsement of it. It's not approving of it. It's just saying that when it comes down to constitutional rights, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, yeah, he has the right to do it. Nobody can go out there, hold a gun to his head, and tell him to stand up. That's that's against the law. That is against the law. And that is also very dangerous behavior to have in somebody pointing a gun at somebody to tell him to stand during the national anthem. That, But that's beside the point. Allow, allow me, if you will, from the free, the freethoughtproject.com. Is that beer kicking in? Is, am I? I don't know. <sighs> from the uh, freethoughtproject.com, five critical stories Americans missed while the corporate media bashed Colin Kaepernick for sitting during the national anthem. 
some of the things that uh, you might not have known. So here we go. On Monday, an unnamed official from a major lender intimated... Intimated? Is that the right word? The failed financial recovery is about to get critically worse, saying banks worldwide are preparing for an economic nuclear winter situation. The official told CNBC that financial services firms have put together a strategy in place to in place that takes into account the worst case scenario that could happen by the end of this year. Predicting the coming of this exact crisis last year, former congressman and presidential hopeful Ron Paul aptly summarized, quote, the credit and new money when created by a central bank is delivered to the market in a political fashion for which 1% receives special benefits. It allows the pyramiding of debt to fractional reserve banking, which compounds the long-term problems. It may be fun while it lasts, but it always ends with a crash. That's story one. Story two, amid ongoing corporate media blackout of swelling protests against Dakota pipeline access, what's going on in Dakota? Flip to CNN on this one. Tribe files emergency request to stop Dakota access pipeline. What is the Dakota access pipeline? It is a pipeline that they are trying to build over the course of four states to trans to transfer 470,000 barrels of crude oil a day across four states. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe says it would destroy burial sites, prayer sites, and culturally significant artifacts. Not only that, if you read into deeper into that story, there is private security firms there with attack dogs that have been unleashed periodically during these protests of this pipeline and all they want is for them to find a different route to divert it to uh, i don't know maybe actually have um some real hardcore paperwork that says they can do it so you have these protests going on but let's talk about colin kaepernick sitting on a bench let's not talk about that at all uh this one's a little more eh, depending on who you are uh from dc leaks Revealed billionaire globalist George Soros sought a, quote, national movement to, in essence, create a federalized police force in the United States. If you read into that, it's about Black Lives Matter, police reformation, and how they were going to hijack everything to try to make a federalized police force rather than have your state handle policing and your your city and your county and ask yourself a question. Do you really like big government so big that there is a federalized police force? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? I would think it's a bad idea, but that's just me. Now, that is not, again, listen, <laughs> don't put words into people's mouths and don't take statements uh, at face value. Evaluate them a little bit. That wasn't saying that Maybe some police reform should happen nationwide, but to federalize the police force, to make it just one federal police force unit, ooh, that's scary. That's a very, very scary thought. So again, it's not an endorsement. And as is ever periodic, during this time frame of Colin Kaepernick, Uh, The FBI discovered 30 additional emails from Hillary Clinton's personal email server pertaining to Benghazi, which happens like at the drop of a hat now. It's like every other week there's, oh, we found more emails, we found more emails, we found more emails. Well, how about, did you guys see the CNN bit? I don't, this, this was for real, this really happened. 
Now on CNN, uh, Brooke Baldwin was interviewing uh, Donald Trump, an advisor to Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, Boris Epstein told her on air that, uh, you know, hey, she had blackberries and they were destroyed with hammers. Uh, Baldwin interrupted to ask a reporter to fact check this. She asked, uh, she asked, she asked reporter Evan Perez about uh, if this were true, were, were cell phones destroyed by hammers by people in Clinton's administration? To which he said, quote, Yes, they did, Brooke. As he mentioned, there were 13 mobile devices and five iPads that the FBI said that in some way were used with their private email server, and they did in some cases just destroy them with hammers when they were done using them. The FBI released a detailed report on the use of Clinton's private email server while she was Secretary of State. The report includes notes on the agency's three-hour interview with Clinton. Now, if you dive from that CNN article to this article from The Hill, posted September 2nd, titled FBI, Whereabouts of Clinton's Cell Phones Would, quote, Frequently Become Unknown. Let me read you some of the uh, excerpts from this. Hillary Clinton used at least 13 mobile phones while Secretary of State, many of which cannot be found according to an FBI report released on Friday. Further down the article, the SIM cards to old devices were disposed of by aides, but the whereabouts of the devices in question would frequently become unknown once she transitioned to a different device. An aide told the FBI he recalled two instances where he destroyed Clinton's old mobile mobile devices by breaking them in half or hitting them with a hammer. Now here you go, at the, at the very bottom, when the Department of Justice requested 13 devices as part of the investigation, they were unable to be located. Quote, as a result, the FBI was unable to acquire or forensically examine any of these 13 mobile devices, reads the report. Now, for anybody wanting to say that her emails aren't a big deal, the fact that she had emails, she had these devices, they were destroyed by hammers periodically, they were switched up so much, that all leads to a shady path, if you ask me. Maybe I'm just a a, a different type of thinker or viewer on on this subject. But that's a lot. And mind you, all this information, all this news going on, but let's talk about Colin Kaepernick, who is sitting during the National Anthem. Now, if I may, I would like to just take you know a brief second and say, I think Colin Kaepernick is doing it out of relevancy. That's right. I think he's doing it to remain relevant. And that might be because... He entered the 2016 season and had to compete for his starting quarterback job. He was on a slump last year. Chip Kelly comes in from the Eagles. We were glad to get rid of him, by the way. He says, okay, well, we're going to have a quarterback battle uh, between Colin Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbert. On September 3rd, new head coach Chip Kelly names Blaine Gabbert as the starter for the beginning of the 2016 NFL season with Kaepernick as the backup nobody cares about a backup quarterback really nobody cares the most diehard fan doesn't care about their team's backup quarterback 
If they did, Vikings fans wouldn't have freaking panicked when Teddy Bridgewater went out with his injury. Now, this is going to tie into a, a, another football story. So, if you're not into football, I'm sorry. Just bear through it. Grit your teeth. Uh, Kaepernick, I believe, is doing this to remain relevant. He's going on the bench as the backup guy. And guess what? Right now, CBSSports.com reports Colin Kaepernick owns the most popular jersey in the NFL right now. The 49ers backup jersey is hotter is a hotter seller than Ezekiel Elliott's and Odell Beckham Jr.'s. So what do you do if you used to be a starting NFL quarterback? You're being relegated to the bench backup of Blaine Gabbert, of all people. Maybe you sit and you protest and you get a little news coverage because you pissed off a bunch of people, and a bunch of people go out and buy your jersey, and your jersey sales spike. You remain relevant for yet another day. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he really is concerned about the things that he says he is. But I'm a bit skeptical. I think it's just a really smart move to stay relevant in his book. But you can have at as you will. I don't care. I really, I do not care about Colin Kaepernick. All right, he's got more money than I'll probably ever see in my lifetime. And he just boosted his relevancy by sitting on his ass. Now let's uh, let's turn the attention to Gary Johnson. Let's do it. Uh, from Reason Magazine, or Reason.com, rather. Did you know that the Cornell College Republicans are decertified because they endorsed Gary Johnson for president? Jacob Sullum pens this article posted yesterday at 6.30 in the morning. Quote, last Friday, the Cornell University Republicans endorsed libertarian Gary Johnson for president, calling him, quote, the true conservative in the election, end quote, and saying, quote, this election's unprecedented nature has made blind commitment to our party unpalatable, end quote. But blind commitment is what political parties are all about. So the very next day, the New York Federation of College Republicans decertified the Cornell chapter, insisting that you cannot be a true Republican if you aren't willing to swallow the steaming pile of shit that is Donald Trump. Quote, clubs are within their right not to endorse endorse certain candidates within the party and decide to reallocate their resources down the ballot, the state federation explained on Facebook. Quote, what is unacceptable, however, is using a party-affiliated organization as a tool to support another party's candidate in an election, whomever that candidate may be in whatever office the election may be for, end quote. So, the Cornell College Republicans go, you know what? That Donald Trump is just, we don't like him at all. We don't want to give him our vote. This Gary Johnson fellow is a little bit more conservative and holds up our values a little better, so we're going to endorse him. And then New York comes up and says, "Well, screw you! You're not you're not part of it. You're not certified anymore. You're not part of the Republican Party. Get out of here." Not only that, but Gary Johnson caught the endorsement of the Richmond Times Dispatch, who stated in their opinion section, "Quote." 
We are confident that, if given the opportunity to make his case, Gary Johnson will persuade millions of Americans that he is the most capable and ethical candidate running this year. We endorse him and look forward to a rejuvenating surprise in November, a new birth of freedom. End quote. Now, why that might why might that be surprising? The endorsements of the Richmond Times Dispatch from the last thirty six years, from nineteen eighty on, I'll give them to you: nineteen eighty Ronald Reagan, nineteen eighty four Ronald Reagan, nineteen eighty eight George H W Bush, nineteen ninety two. George H.W. Bush, 1996, Bob Dole. Bob Dole knows that you want to vote for Bob Dole. 2000, George W. 2004, W. Gann. 2008, John McCain. That's a almost an unforgivable sin. And 2012, Mitt Romney. You'll notice it's all Republican, but guess what? Guess what they're not doing this time? They're not endorsing the Republican candidate. They are not endorsing Donald J. Trump. And speaking of Donald J. Trump, how about the Dallas Morning News publishing a scathing article against Donald Trump? Quote, we have no interest in a Republican nominee for whom all principles are negotiable, nor in a Republican party that is willing to trade away principle for the pursuit of electoral victory, they wrote. That's from TheBlaze.com, posted this morning, 1041 a.m. So there you have it, folks. That's all I'm getting into this week. I, I ranted, I raved. Uh, I I have been selected. You know what? Screw the rest of the world. My boy selected me to be a groomsman. So, that's pretty fly. That's that. That actually, it made my week. So, I'll see you guys next week. It might actually be a full-fledged episode. Who knows? But thanks for listening. Like, share, comment. Love you all. Bye.